Welcome back to Reclaiming Reality. My name is Ben. We got Nick and Charles on the line. We are three buddies looking for some truth from a Christian perspective. Today, we are talking about cheeseburger ads. That's right. We're talking about anything, literally anything produced by Netflix and most of Game of Thrones. That's right. Today, we're talking about pornography. So, a great topic. I'm sure no one feels uncomfortable right now. It's going to be a blast. Why the heck, before you click away and are uncomfortable and hide your children, the reason that we are talking about this is because it is unbelievably pervasive in our society. It is stinking everywhere. And that's, I'd like to open that up to all of us to talk about um, why we think this is such an important topic that really seems like no one is talking about right now. But guys, I, Charles, I'm throwing it to you. But before I do, my man, I have, I have one story um, that a, a nice porn and narrative, if you will. Um, let's just let's lean into this awkwardness of how many times we're going to say porn. So freshman year of college, you know, you know, freshman year, guys, trying to you're trying to be cool. You're trying to make some friends, right? You're trying to get out there. You're trying to meet and greet. I am in Spanish, not Spanish, a German class because I look like this and I'm in German class and this guy comes up to me and he shows me a picture and he, he goes, do you know who this is? And I am horrible with celebrities. Like I, I just don't know hardly any celebrities, like the big, big, big ones. Like, of course I know who Tom Cruise is and Russell Crowe and people like that, but like any, any non-A-list and honestly, even like half the A-listers. I've never even heard of. It's so bad. And he shows me a phone and says, hey, do you know who this is? And I want to like be a bro and be part of it because there's like three guys behind him like all looking at me. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, dude, he, I've seen him in something. He looks kind of familiar. But here's the thing, guys. I was lying. And then everyone started losing it laughing. Just absolutely losing it. And I'm like, what is going on? Who was that? And the guy goes, that's the world's most popular ma- male gay porn star. And bro, so we caught you in a trap, man. Ben, hold on. I need to just you. pause for a second. I'm sorry. You didn't know who the world's most popular gay porn... <laughs> <laughs> that, that surprises me more than the joke, on, or more than the story, honestly. <laughs> Hey, Nick. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so good. Um, Sold yeah. Can down you believe the river. that I didn't? I had hidden my signed poster a few weeks before mm, the event. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Where no, is so... this conversation going? What is going on right now? Guys, we, we waded into these waters. Um, so that's why I want to talk about this topic because I was horrifyingly embarrassed at age 18. Um, <laughs> but Charles, let me throw it over you, man. Give me the broad 50,000 foot. Why the heck are we even talking about this and telling stories that make you unbelievably uncomfortable? I feel like <laughs> there are so many more comments I have to make now. <laughs> I have to say some of these things. One, you, you they called you bluff and you lost. <laughs> you lost big. At least he was confident. Two, I don't think... At least he was yeah. confident. He's like, yeah, I know who that is. I was yeah. confident. There was no nah. lack of that. <laughs> I want to also know how he knew who that was. 
Um, <clears throat> that would have been a good reply. I just took it. Uh, pause on the took it, taking it part. Anyway. Oh, dear Lord. Um, <laughs> there's, are we going to be able to post this? <laughs> this is going to be our first oh. like flagged podcast. We got be. canceled a couple weeks ago. Now we're going to get... But that's real, right? We, I mean, we already talked about racism and <laughs> politics and the church. We might as well talk about pornography. Um, I think the one thing I really want to say about this, I my own separate porn story, right? I think we all can like, and I hate, I even hate to say this. This is really vulnerable to say on you know the internet. But I think we've all kind of had our like our turn with the porn monster. If you I'd will. never heard of it until Nick suggested it. I'd never even heard of the pornography of women. As Kean Peel would say. The pornography of women? Wow. Not the pornography of women. The pornography we're, just, of we're just throwing each other under all the buses a... today. It's, I love it. <laughs> I mean, I was going to give one of my stories, but one that painted me in a relatively Charles, there's good a bu- light. there's a bus coming for you, too. No, important... no, of course I'm kidding. I, I know there is. It's a greyhound. I already see it coming. <laughs> anyway, um... I was having a stint, right? Especially like where we were. It was really a high stress environment and you are lonely and completely surrounded by dudes. Your options are small. Let's put it that way. And also no pun intended, but so we were, there was, it was a stint. I think this was the summer before senior year, actually. So not terribly long time ago. And I was like, listen, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I'm just done. I got a porn blocker and I took it to one of my buddies at the time, another kid named Ben, who's not the person you're looking at right now. Um, and I was like, Hey, I want you to come up with a, like a six digit code, uh, put it in here or write it down. So he wrote it down. He put it in the phone. I was like, all right, you got to put it in again. And I took it and I ripped it up. And I was like, all right, just, I burned the bridge. There's no way to go back. Is that what happened? No. Cause I got a new phone, but, um, I completely burned the bridge and he was like, what was that? And I was like, that was the passcode to undo a porn blocker that I'm putting on my phone. And he was actually, like, upset with me. He was mad that I put a porn blocker on my phone. And that completely blew mm. me away. And I had to explain to him, like, why it was such a, like, an insidious thing. And there's really no other word for pornography besides insidious. Um, so many people are so quick to take it as something that is even either harmless or actually good hmm. and it's not good at all it will tear you up from the inside that's where i'm going to stake my flag all right man nick what about nick, you dude what you got to say hmm. i uh i actually told ben before we started this podcast that he was going to have the very difficult job of trying to wrangle me in because i'm going to be chomping at the bit um very strenuously. Um, Nick, <laughs> hold on. No, 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 no. We're not letting you get past that one. Um, no. Please explain to the audience uh, exactly what you said. I was going to be said. biting at the chomp um, very <laughs> intensely at it's this topic funny. because um, <laughs> there's just a lot to talk about here. Um, yeah. But I, I do want to answer the first question is, wh- why are we even talking about this on this podcast? And if... You're familiar with what we do as a Reclaiming Reality team is we are searching for truth, which involves looking into some of the things that influence the way that we think and reason and make decisions um, 
and the messages being portrayed in our culture, in our society, in our world, and digging through all this stuff to find out what, what's actually real. Um, and the biggest thing that, that I'm probably going to want to talk about today is how pornography affects the way that you think um, and the way that you process yeah. and understand the world around you. Um, and to me, it, it, because it involves other people and it affects the way that you think, then it also has consequences with your human-to-human interactions, uh, potentially your ability for yeah. intimacy and methods of intimacy, um, and just a lot of you know brain chemistry and all that stuff to, all together. So it's just, why not talk about porn is really my question. Um, and I don't think we're having enough conversations on it, so that's why we are talking about it today. Yeah. Dude, I was just on a... I actually just got back from a, a little camping trip. I have like a, hopefully you could call it mentoring relationship with some, uh, they're like eighth and ninth graders. So I guess that's like 13 and 14. And they're all Christian kids, real good kids. And um, this of course is a topic that you need to bring up around this age. And because usually kids find it earlier than that. Yeah. Um, and I asked one of them about it and he goes, dude, I haven't seen anything yet, but he goes, I know literally every one of my friends is literally every single one. And he goes, I haven't seen it yet. So I don't know what's out there, but like, and, and that was just kind of a sobering moment for me. Like you can read all the statistics you want and do all the research you want, but there's just something about looking in, I mean, guys, 13 year olds are children and looking in a 13 year old's eyes and him being like, what is this? And I don't even understand it yet. And it, it was just kind of rough because all the statistics kind of faded away for a second for me there. And it was like, dude, this is a real and present thing in this little kid's yeah. life right now. And he's going to have to learn how to navigate this weird world. I did read a study. Um, they had a, a lot of different ones about this topic. And this one had 14,581 participants. And of that group, this is self-reporting, keep in mind, of that group, 70 to 85% had ever used porn. Um, that number was 84 to 85% of males and 54 to 57% of females, which I thought was, was a pretty substantial number. We, we tend to talk about this as a male-dominated thing, but that showed the, the amount of women who've also seen pornography. Um, I also want to add a caveat here about bad data. I literally texted you guys like, Hey, fair warning, because especially for the Christian audience out there, honestly, not especially for the Christian audience out there, for the Christian audience out there in pertaining to this topic, for any person, for any topic, be very, very careful of confirmation bias, of seeing a number that fits something that you already believed and then automatically believing that. Like I Googled the average age of a child when they are expo exposed to pornography because just through talking to people, I now know that almost every child is. And I Googled the average age and the average age that popped up was 11. And it kind of popped it up. You know how Google can have like bold search results when they really want to show you something? And I was like, oh my gosh, 11, that's awful. And I clicked on the link and the link brought me to a, an article um, that wasn't really a very professional looking thing. And they cited a study from this other company and I clicked on the study that they were citing. And that study was from a company whose job is to block internet 
traffic. It's like a VPN sort of company. And they specialize in blocking porn. And I was like, okay, that's not extremely trustworthy. It's like the guy who's trying to not let you watch porn is also the guy running the statistics behind that. So, so all that to say, there is a metric crap ton of bad data out there surrounding this porn stuff. I had a really difficult time digging into the numbers just because every time I would try to trace a number down and figure out where someone got it, like there's a million graphics of this many people watch porn and porn does this. And when you try to find the studies, it's actually really, really hard. So anyway, just a quick warning for confirmation bias. Um, But yeah, so what I'm hearing guys before moving forward is we want to talk about porn, both because Charles mentioned personal experience and we're, we're males in our twenties. Like we've, we've all stumbled onto it either on purpose or on accident. And Nick, you kind of mentioned the cultural implications of there's a lot of things that can affect you personally and can affect even society as a whole. And I want to just say that even if it's on accident, I mean, the, our society as a whole, I mean, we can argue it's prevalence. We can argue the numbers um you know about where the sources come from but we know just from looking around that it's prevalent but what you're not but what you're not being told absolutely is what it does to you and if it if it really is like a drug and it really does affect your brain chemistry which i find so fascinating about just addictions in general um or if it can be classified as addiction regardless it does affect you and you should know what you're getting yourself into and if you're young and yeah. you don't know what you're getting yourself into, like you said, Ben, with the example of the the one young young dude, yeah. um, that's to me that's very unfair of our society to to do that um, or, or to allow something like that to yeah. happen if it does actually have harmful effects, like like they say, which we'll get into. Um, so we you should know what you're stepping into, whether or not you're actively seeking it out, um, because that's important. Yeah. Well, cool. Guys, we can move into the analyzing. Oh, well, maybe. Hey, for the audience, by the way, that was the first question we wanted to cover. We, we kind of had three questions. That was the first. The second was analyzing the cultural views on porn. The third was the morality of porn. And lastly, societal implications of porn. So, guys, round two. Analyzing cultural views on porn where is our society at on porn right now can i can i derail it just a little bit and then yeah, bring it right back of course dude okay my first thought it is a shame of how many children will be explored exposed to something that their mind can't even fathom understand yeah or even value in the nature of what really is sex for yeah. a cheap diversion because their fathers and mothers are addicted to it. You forced on them before their age. There's no reason why that should be acceptable at all. At 13, you don't even understand yourself. You're barely figuring it out. And let alone, I, I'm in my mid-20s. I, I still am wondrously blown away by like the depth of intimacy. And how a man and a woman can come together. And if they are you know, I guess pure hearted. That's really not the word I'm looking for, but like not toxic. They work together. They honor each other and they seek after God. Like there's nothing, there's borderline nothing in the world that can stop the power of a man and a woman in right relationship under Christ. 
but that gets cheapened because we are now essentially trading gold for like nickel. And that's really what all porn is, right? You're trading something that is a gift, a treasure, an intimacy, and a vulnerability that brings two halves of like God's character together. And you're literally trading that for dirt, essentially. Something you can't take with you, something that doesn't vilify you, something that doesn't give you an opportunity to know anybody. And it is so marvelously addictive that men will take this and they'll have like the porn magazine up on the computer or they'll have something up and their kids get into it. And now their kids are hooked. And this, and that's, that doesn't go both ways. Right. Because the thing of it is, is that what's like 50% of women use like video pornography, but little known fact that a lot of women actually get theirs from the audio or like, what's it? Literary pornography. Like literotica is absolutely a thing. Yep. Um, and we can't just go to ignore this, right? Because sex is a gift. Sex is a gift from God. And I would never have heard this like from most churches. Sex is a good thing. It's a good thing. Go read the book of Song of Solomon if you think I'm crazy. Sex is a good thing. Also, never read this book, The Song of Solomon, while you're on a camping trip with your buddies. It can get really <laughs> uncomfortable. No, 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 no. no. Um, <laughs> but if you're doing that, it bothers me, right? And like now that we're talking about it, it kind of weighs more heavily on my heart, right? Because you're giving up something that you... It's like trading the um, vacation to the sea to go play in a mud pie, ultimately. Totally. And I need to be reminded of that, too, daily. I'm not going to lie. So I'm, I'm with y'all. I'm with everybody who's like, because those desires don't go away either, right? It doesn't just, you don't wake up one day and just not want, um, you know, that intimacy. But, you know, there's ways to curb it, and there's discipline that's needed. Yeah, Charles, that's really, I see where you're going, and it's good. And yeah. let's let's get there right after we hit on kind of where our culture is at uh, with this stuff, because I think yeah. we all totally agree yeah. it's nasty and, and cheap and something good. Um, yeah. But before we kind of analyze what we think, what is what does our culture say right now? And kind of has that shifted at all recently? Like, what is the cultural attitude towards porn? Bruh, it's 2020. You get what you want. You take what you want. You know how hard it is to explain to somebody now that you want to wait till you have wait till you're married to have sex. They I will do. blow you away. Yeah. It is, there people look at you like, "What? Are are you? Do you need to tell us something?" Like, no, I just I want to save that gift for someone. And in a culture where it's so, I want what I want, and I want it now. Right, the things that we really need to cherish become cheapened. Right, and I think our cultural approach primarily to sex and pornography is that it is totally acceptable as if nothing can go wrong. It's going wrong. I'll say that. And it yeah. yields my time. I think that I think that analyzing the cultural viewpoint on porn is not a hard task at all. I, I think it's just look around, really. Um, look at the shows on Netflix because you'll find probably a lot more pornography there than you thought. Um, look at the... Sh- I mean, it's just... It, it, we're saturated. 
So analyzing our cultural views, probably not that difficult, but coming up with some concrete data, probably yeah. a little bit more difficult. Um, what I can say though, is that uh, for the past, I think since like 2011 up until now, the range of revenue generated by pornography in the United States alone is, is anywhere from, they say anywhere from 12 to $97 billion a year. Um, by the way, human man. trafficking out of $150 billion, about an estimated of what they can measure, $97 billion is from uh, sex trafficking. So I, I won't enter that realm. I'm very passionate about it. I won't enter that realm yet. But I will say $97 billion. Hey, hey, Nick, can you help clear that one up? I think you kind of just said the revenue from sex trafficking and then of that is sex trafficking. Yeah, so I'm, I'm getting ahead were. of myself and wanting to draw the connection here with sex trafficking, but we're not going to get there. Um, what, what I am saying, okay. though, so let's say 97, anywhere from 12 to $97 billion a year generated in pornography consumption alone in the United States. Okay. Netflix, mind you, is not just a Western, it's not just a, a, an American thing, right? Um, generates about $12 billion. Um, YouTube generates about 12, Whoa. yeah, 12 billion. I did the math here. If we divide, let's say this is really gross, but let's say it takes $10 a month to subscribe to a, to get all the benefits of a pornography website or movies or that kind of stuff, right? $10 a month. If we had it, that would be enough for 808 million people to have a year-long subscription to online pornography. 808 million people, and the 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 current yeah. the current census, if you will, of the United States from last year was about 328 million. That's twice the population of the United States having. This is just in the Western world alone. Okay, this is in the United States alone. Um, so double our population and give everybody a year-long subscription to porn. The problem, though, is that most internet pornography is totally free. So we're not even accounting for the free usage of pornography. What I'm trying to build the picture here is analyzing cultural views, probably a little bit more difficult. But the data is like, or probably not that difficult, right? If we're looking at just the sheer numbers, um, the main point is that there is a demand for pornography, right? So what does that do yeah. to our culture? Um, what did you find, Ben? I have some things that I can, can report on, but. A couple things, man. Um, that's, that's horrifying, everything you just told me. Um, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely horrifying. So when I thought the cultural views, my first thoughts went to like, the TV shows I watched okay. growing up. Like, so I was in high for Okay. So in my high school, the TV show, how I met your mother, massive. All my buddies watched it. It was like the show to watch in high school. Every, you know, we'd all quote it at lunch and stuff. And I still remember there were some like episodes where they like talked about how much they all watch porn. And it was like this really yeah. normal thing. And all the girls are like, you know, actually I do too. And it was like, I still remember even in high school, like that's like weirdly callous. And I was like, that must be really recent. And then I went back and watched friends. So I watched friends after how I met your mother. And it's basically the same show. 
and I went back and watched Friends, and they're they're both mediocre, and Friends was kind of having the exact same attitude about it. I was really surprised by that, like even back then, and I think Friends was made what nineties, early two thousands, yeah, early two thousands. So yeah, man, that that was kind of surprising. Just taking though obviously that's two shows that's not the entire culture but i do think it's generally reflective of the culture and that was kind of interesting what was also interesting is i i could spend a lot of time on this and i'll probably make some sort of individual video about this at some point but basically how feminism used to hate porn and now it loves porn and i just think that's absolutely fascinating and something i could spend a ton of time breaking down But essentially, I would say before 2010, the general feminist position was, how dare you yeah. objectify women? Which right. makes sense. I invite anyone to not do this experiment. But if you go to any porn site and look at the first five titles of videos, if you think a one thing about that empowers women, then you are mentally insane and should be locked up. It is one of the most disgusting and degrading things to women that has ever existed. And the feminist movement used to get that. And it's weirdly shifted into this, like your, it's your body own your sexuality, like stick it to the patriarchy, stick it to the patriarchy by freeing the nipple and having a slut walk. Don't stick anything to anybody. Oh my gosh, Charles. But you know what I mean? Like that's the new thing. Like now it's, now it is slut walk and free the nipple. Like those are the, those are the feminist movements, right? It's like be as overtly sexual as you possibly can because that's how you own it. And men are like, man, yeah, we totally hate when women don't wear clothes. That's the worst. Yeah, women don't do that at all. Empowerment. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just so yeah. silly so those are my thoughts on how our culture is viewing porn obnoxious yeah. acceptance and i guess to wrap up real quick the fact that we don't have any sort of legal checks to make to make it so that children can't access it is unbelievably disgusting yeah <clears throat> and we can get yeah, more there, into that there i'm sure are so many different directions we can take um i think what we were trying to get at though is to do what we do well i think and that's to talk about the the implications that it has on you and the way you process and we can talk society at large um kind of after we i mean really all throughout the conversation but the point is this thing affects you uh, as a person, and it, it, it and it trains your mind. There's a lot of a ton of neuroscience research around this. And Charles, I don't want to completely hijack it from you, but um, it's treated like a they, they call them hypofrontal syndromes. And what they are is like they uh, affect the prefrontal cortex of your brain, which has to do with all of your analytical and deeper thinking and being able to process and analyze and, and think just a little bit more objectively. Um, or what's the word I'm looking for? Um, technically, I guess. And what pornography, what addictions do in general? And, and there's, there's some debate as to whether people want to include pornography in the realm of addictions because of the sheer money 
because of the sheer yeah. money that it's making that a lot of neuroscientists have fought the industry. Um, and they've been getting a lot of pushback because, again, money. It, $97 billion a year is, is nothing to laugh at, right? Yeah. Um, so... And if the statistics are true, the people legislating are watching exactly. just as much as anyone yeah. else. And, and, and that's reasonable, given its availability and its access. Um, yeah. But anyway, they, pornography, addictions in general, actually change the physical chemistry of your brain. It's called neuroadaptive yep. behavior. And what it does is it, it physically changes your brain chemistry so that that action or that stimulus is sought after more and that nothing... It, by inhibiting the logical parts of your brain and allowing less blood flow to get to those logical parts of your brain, then you are going to react more on the kind of limbic reward system of your brain that just wants the stimulus. Does that make sense? So inhibiting the logical part and making the stimulus, which in our case is pornography, um, the more desirable end is is what pornography does to your physical brain. Yeah, Sounds it's like exa alcohol. exactly. And so you should know that before you get into it, that you're not just dealing with something benign and, and ineffective. You're dealing with something that, given yeah. repeated usage, actually acts as a stimulus very similar to that of external substances like alcohol and drugs that will affect you and will affect what, you know, we talked about worship in one of our podcasts. And if your life is oriented in, in this direction, man, like pornography will help change the chemistry of your brain to orient your life in a different direction. And that is to pursue the stimulus, um, which Charles made up a really good made a really good point and said that it's not real. So I think that we should kind of focus on that aspect yep. of you are orienting your life by allowing pornography in your life to lead you in a trajectory towards something that is false which should concern you and with another thing to to build off of that because I, I think that's a really interesting phrasing like yes it isn't real and the nastiest part about it is that it's like becoming yeah. reality it's becoming the hmm. norm but that's why we're nice absolutely man <laughs> no i was talking to a a young man recently um, again, one of, I, I volunteer at my church with the, with the middle school and high schoolers and was having a chat with some of the young guys, um, about this very topic. And one of them said, dude, if I don't learn about sex from porn, how am I going to learn about yeah. it? And I was like, Oh no. Yeah. Oh no. Like that's his only Avenue. And I responded like, well, dude, they've been doing a pretty decent job at figuring out how to make it work for like, I don't know, every time Ever. up to 200 years from now or before 200 years from now. <laughs> That's a great <laughs> trend response. Guess and check. <laughs> Guess and check. <laughs> I was like, I don't think it's going to be very difficult. We're going to, you're going to sign a contract. Check. We'll throw you in a room with someone. And I don't know, you do the hokey pokey <laughs> until it works out. Um, <laughs> you put your right foot in. Put your right foot uh, yeah, I guess the check's not going to work for the hokey pokey. <laughs> you figure it out. Okay, wrong appendage, but y you get the point. But I mean... <laughs> <laughs> you just got that oh, joke, and I hate it. No, um, no. 
No, but like that's one of the, I think we're kind of on the societal implications. That's one of the massive ones is it is so pervasive. It is so everywhere that it's almost like, what do we do without it? Which gives it an, a, a terrifying exactly. amount of power. Yeah over our lives because now all of a sudden the porn industry gets to decide what yeah. sex is. And I did a search for some of the most searched terms in pornography. They, they are uh, like, that's, that's the natural reaction. Stepmom, stepsister, <laughs> teen. Oh dude, it, it gets yeah, worse. These I are mean, the words. Child guys. pornography is incredibly on the rise. Um, our country is currently estimated to be, I don't have uh, exact numbers for you, but the largest consumer and producer of child sex pornography, which mm. is really child sex rape because what child is going to have consent? Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, we. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of weird phrases, phraseology yeah. around stuff like that. It's, it's in, crazy. Anyway. No, but a no, lot of going, the, the bus, I mean, there are organizations in the United States, and we'll, we can list a few. If you guys comment, please leave some comments on this, by the way. Um, if you guys comment some resources, we and can like send you what we have. Um, but there are organizations in the United States that explicitly do, like, they bust child sex porn I don't, facilitators in yeah. within our own country. So if you think this isn't happening here uh you're wrong really but but anyway i, I don't want to get again you could tell i'm really passionate about this topic and i don't want to get uh too far away from the nature of what we're talking about is, is this uh, the societal implications are if you think a certain way then you act a certain way what is that quote um as a man thinks in his heart so is he i know that's in the bible but but there's also that yeah. quote of like what you think you do and your like your thoughts beget actions your actions beget habits your habits beget uh your character yeah, and your ha your character becomes the the legacy your destiny what you do with your life um and right yeah. now pornography is leading is leading the charge in hypersexual disorder which i mean i know we've actually the three of us have heard of somebody who died um it was it was not a suicide. It was an accidental death related to sexual desire or sexual goal. Um, and I, I don't want to like for the individual's privacy. We're not going to talk anymore about it. But um, the point is that there there's there are adaptations in your brain that that orient you toward this like this false way of living. Um, yep. So yeah, they go ahead. It's no, I was just going to kind of build off of that, man. It's hard to, there's a weird connection. I haven't exactly zeroed in on it. I, I was try like I said, trying to find numbers. And this is another area that I was having exceptional amount, amount of difficulty finding the numbers on. It isn't clear to me whether, okay, uh, let, actually, let me back up. Let's talk about dopamine, right? Happy. Dopamine equals the happy chemical, okay? When you hear dopamine, think smile. Um, and the weird thing about dopamine is that it is adaptive to stimulus, so it constantly wants more. So that's why most people who watch pornography will tend to jump into a 
weirder yeah. types might be a very mm. appropriate way to say it. I was, I was listening to the Joe Rogan the other day. Um, and he, he was actually where I got the idea to, um, look up the most common search terms. Cause he, he talked about the whole stepmom porn genre thing. And his explanation was it's because there's nothing weird mm. left in 2020. So now we're kind of like touching mm. incest. It's like, it, well, well, it's, it's not totally your mom. It's just like, ugh, oh my gosh. I just like, can't even think about that. Like it's so nasty. The yeah. places that we're going. And that's was kind of his conclusion of the reason we're going is like in constantly looking for the next thing that it leads you to weirder and weirder places. And I haven't decided if I, I know nothing about the amount of pedophilia or the rate of pedophilia that occurs in our society. And if that's gone up or down, I, and I don't know if pornography gives pedophiles a place to go and just kind of brings them out or if pornography creates pedophiles and in getting into weirder and weirder stuff, eventually yeah. you go too far. I, I don't know, man. It's a nasty thought train, but it's, and I hate to say it's it worth is. thinking about, but it is. And it, it's, I want to say that in, in this book I, I've been reading, it's called in our backyard by Nita bells. Uh, it's about human trafficking in America and how to recognize it, what we could do about it. That's my plug for Nita. She did an awesome job writing this book. Um, she, she says that pornography is kind of the gateway drug. Um, it opens your mind to maybe new ways of looking at things, uh, and also detaches the humanity, the, like Charles was saying, the interpersonal side and gives sex the appeal for body parts and not an actual person. Does that make sense? So it's saying that that sex oh, yeah. that sex that is just about so body parts and physical body parts and it has nothing to do with the person on the other end of the on the other end so yep um that to me is is pretty drastic for societal implications and i i just want to address that i've heard a lot of people say it's just normal like you don't need to let them stop watching pornography it's normal or um it's just not okay. It, just because it's normal doesn't mean that it's okay and healthy, you know? And, and that's the purpose of what we're talking about today. Dude, that argument is the argument yeah. of a third grader. That, like, ev that's literally everyone's doing it. Well, guess what everyone did once? Slavery. Like, you can't just be like, oh, everyone does this. Like, it's the cultural norm. Therefore, it's morally acceptable. Like, that's such a pathetic argument. And so many people make that. I Charles... I'm with you, man. I'm also trying to save myself for marriage and trying to wait. And I was talking to someone about that and their response was, dude, it's just mm. sex. And my like, like I kind of like tightened up in the stomach area of like, Oh dude, what, what sort of view of sex do you have to have where it's just sex? It's the epitome of what Nick just described. It's the epitome of it's just bodies. It's just having some fun. It's just enjoyable. This is, this is one of the most controversial opinions that I have, and I'm almost like hesitating to say it on a podcast, but, but I'd like to just because I think, I think it's fairly important. If you're someone that subscribes to the view of just sex, explain to me what is wrong with sexual assault. You can't. Dang. Interesting. Ooh. Because what is horrifying? 
and forgive me, I know Ooh. I know that certain terms around sexual assault can be really, really upsetting for certain listeners, so it, it's coming. Um, if it's just sex, rape is no worse than an aggravated assault. It's just harming someone's physical body. But something within you knows that there's more to sex. Something inside of you knows that it's deeper, that it's important, that it matters, that it's the unity of two people literally becoming one, and that it's not just body parts flailing around. And that's why I'm pro-death penalty for child rapists. I seriously am, man. Like, it is the most heinous, disgusting thing. Epstein got what he deserved as far as I'm concerned, and he should have had more. Like, it's such a nasty thing. And when we denigrate, when we devalue and besmirch what sex actually is down to the point where it's just a fun thing to do, it's so sad. There is something sacred we're dealing with here. There's something holy. There's something right. There's something good. And there's something beautiful that we can have if we treat it like it's valuable. And I think that's why we all hate porn to some degree. Part of the reason we all hate porn so much is that it isn't just cheap it's not just this fun little thing for you to do there's something valuable that you're getting without a price and that isn't how the world is supposed to work and it's exactly what charles said at the beginning of the podcast it cheapens it and it breaks my heart man it's so freaking sad ben ben rant for the day charles what what you got bro guys (laughs) (laughs) i love you both I really do. I'm just going to break this 20-minute silence that I've been having. <laughs> I know. I've been, I know, I've been dude, waiting you for at? you to jump in. I... <laughs> no, well, here's the thing. Honestly, <clears throat> Charles' moment, complete side pitch. Sometimes it's wise to know when to listen. Sorry, what and was that, buddy? Both of you... I am, that Ooh. was cheap. That was the lamest joke I've ever made. Please continue. I mean, yeah, but y'all... y'all crushed it y'all said everything that needed to be said thanks bud i don't necessarily need to have a voice in saying that for those of you listening why i'm so quiet like i just let the kids fight anyway um but seriously the thought that keeps running through my head listening to you all speak is when did we trade love for sex yeah and then when did we trade sex for pornography there's a book that um, it's called Surfing for God. It was one of the purity study books we did at, back in school. And it starts with this, um, this quote that everyone who's knocking on the brothel door is looking for God. You know, oh, we have a so way. Interesting. Of, yeah. We have this thing, right? We're ultimately looking for intimacy. Like we're looking to be known. We're looking to have someone see us to flaws included and to be intimate with them and vulnerable with them. And we've come so far down this path that it is impossible to do that without God. And that's really this whole porn thing really is just a manifestation yeah. for sin. Yeah. You know, we're, we're at a point where again, you're trying to explain to someone like, no, I don't want to do this. And they look at you like you're a crazy person. This yeah. is where sin leads us. Yeah. Where there is really no difference if it's just, hey, 
you made a very good point, Ben. Like, that was... You take away the legitimacy of sexual assault when you say that it's just two bodies meeting. There's a person there. A person with a heart and a mind who needs to be cared for and loved and seen as well. And we can't do that and provide that for everybody. I know for sure you're not going to get that from Pornhub. But you can't get it from God. Who saw you before the pornography, before the sex, before the fall. And he sees you even after. Mm. And even still, he looks upon you with love. Knowing how far you've been, what's happened to you, how you've been used or abused or anybody or anything. And his love is so full and scandalous and deep that, which is probably the wrong three words to use for something we're talking about. (laughs) But um, it is so great that it covers a multitude of sins. And by his blood, we have been washed clean. Now, I hope that one day when I grow up, finally, and actually do get married, and I have a wife and kids, then I'll never have to introduce this to them. I want them to be as unstained and undefiled by this world as they could be. And I know that means I have to put away that in my life. I want to love my my wife above all else. I know everything will kind of shake out. If I can love my wife the way my dad loves my mom, and he looks at her and sees the value in her heart every day and cherishes her like she's the most beautiful thing that has ever been on this planet. If I can love my wife like that, then everything will start to take care of itself. But you can't do that with pornography. You can't. You have to choose. Absolutely. My father chose God. My father chose the path of God and righteousness and the kingdom of God. And I fully intend to do the same. And I encourage both of you to do the same. And if that does mean standing up and doing something against, you know, human trafficking, that's something that we need to do. Yeah. But we have to first recognize that we've been loved by God before all of this and after all of this first. Man, I think that was awesome. I adored hearing that story about your dad and your mom, man. Or not story, but just that general sentiment. They're super cute. They are super cute. <laughs> well, guys, I think that's a great place to wrap up. You know, in, in that wrap up, I kind of realized, like, man, that's that's why this is so important for us to talk about. We're reclaiming reality. And the world right now has something that's cheap and not full and not rich and real. And we want reality back. We want the yeah. real thing. And I, so, guys, oh, nope. I'm a, jump I'm in, jump bro. In real quick. Last chance. Um, and I... I, I love what you both said about the fact that, you know, God, he loves us so much. And if he's the one who designed this whole thing, which we do believe, um, that, man, like, his way is so good. And and I think the reason why I'm so passionate about this and the three of us together are so passionate about this topic is that we, we just do see it as, like, a total devaluing of, of you as a person. Um, and we would love for you to join this fight with us, uh, to, to really talk about what's real, who we are, what we're doing here. Um, and that's all I really wanted to say. So thank you for listening. 
um, do some research on this stuff because it, it really is fascinating, some of the things you'll find. And you never know. You could just completely change your mind on the way you saw the world. So, Ben, go for it. Oh, I'm so excited to say that we are reclaiming reality. Three buddies looking for some truth from a Christian perspective. If you found this conversation meaningful, feel free to follow us, like us, subscribe to us. Whatever the medium you're choosing to watch this is, we're on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Also on YouTube if you want to see our gorgeous faces. Feel free to send us an email at reclaimingrealitypodcast at gmail.com. If you want to start a dialogue, we may even answer your show on the air. I don't know if podcasts are allowed to call themselves the air. Have a good one. (laughs) 